we're, we're going to uh, continue on in Isaiah chapter 2, and I want to ask the Lord to just uh, do what he would like to do. Father, we honor you. Your word honors you. Uh, Isaiah penned this from the presence and power of your Holy Spirit, and uh, just ask that you make it real. There's lots of, lots of good, informative stuff here. Uh, even though that it was written thousands of years ago, seems to feel still fit well today. So help me to be uh, your servant and accomplish that which you would wish with the truth of your word. We want to worship you in spirit and truth just as you've designed in this session this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, I want to uh, start. I'm going to start in the middle portion, actually verse 11 of chapter 2 of Isaiah. The, uh, it's, it's really the, the, the last phrase of verse 11. And the Lord will be exalted in that day. Uh, today would be a good day to be that day. As I have, uh, you know, uh, just a little bit of our history, uh, Jan and I have uh, been encouraged in marriage by grace for over 58 years now. And, uh, and it's, it's been really good because of the Lord's grace. We were pretty much on the same page spiritually uh, all the way through when we committed our lives to the Lord. And that's extremely beneficial because that gives us the tools that we need to deal with issues and, and adversities and stuff in life. And it, it really revolves around exalting in the Lord some years ago. I was introduced to the phrase, I don't know whether it's original with, uh, but here's the first one. Is the microphone on? Uh, okay, some can hear it. Uh, so I won't, I won't uh, talk about my wife's hearing aids. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I just did. Uh, so hopefully now, are you getting this, dear? Oh, good, thank you. So, uh, so they... Uh, the phrase that uh, I got from John Piper is, Jesus has my most satisfying reality. And I use this a lot when I speak because it's been so important to me that I looked at that phrase and thought, well, as a believer, I'm, I'm sure I should agree with that. But I'm not real sure if that's my personal reality. Uh, I wanted it to be. I, I knew it could be. But I was pretty sure it wasn't simply on the emo emotional level. Because that, you know, that's what drives us. Our, our emotions and desire for pleasure has a, a lot to do with what we do. And, uh, but we tend to have the temptation to put Jesus in a different category. You know, to say, Jesus is really a lot of fun. Uh, some folks might not really grasp that. And I think that's what we want to do tonight. That, uh, the Lord will be exalted in that day. And I think today should be that day. But we have to ask ourselves, is that really my personal reality? Because it can be. See, we have been, my opinion, these, a lot of these things you'll recognize as my opinion and kind of the way the Lord has worked in my life. And you may not be able to transfer it to you. And that's okay because the amazing thing about the Lord is no matter how many folks are on the earth, he deals with each one individually. And we, because of our humanness, have to deal with a lot of things in generalities and not specifics. But God deals in specifics with individuals, which gives us 
that privilege of having a personal love relationship with the living God of the universe. And you have to take that a lot of times by faith, but as you begin to express that faith, God will work it into your personal reality so that you can honestly say there's no more exciting thing in my life than my relationship with God. I'm looking forward most to being with him when I first get up. It's not a have to, it's a, it's a I can't wait to get to. Because you know that God, because of who he is, has something for you every moment of the day. Really? Yeah, really. He's that kind of God. But I found I had to start believing he was that kind of God and discovered that I really didn't believe it very much. And yet, when you look at the scriptures, you find that the exaltation of the Lord is to be the very best thing about us. And I think we have to have some training to do that. And it may just be you and the Lord in order to accomplish that. But you have, to, you have to put yourself in a place where you're in his word and the amount of time that it takes. I have a little saying that I use a lot with people that helps me. I don't know whether it helps them or not. I'm going to see where it helps you or not. But the, the Lord is the blessor, and I am the blessee. The blessor's responsibility is to bless as he so chooses. The blessee's responsibility is show up. You just show up. God will decide to bless when God decides to bless, but it, if you're not there to get it, you won't get it. So that, that's why you put yourself before, before the Lord in, in, the, in these passages. It's so exciting. Uh, verse, last part of verse 11, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning. Now, when you're in good relationship with the Lord, that's not a fear, fearful statement. But if you're not, it, it could be. The Lord of hosts will have a day. You'll notice uh, in the New American Standard anyway that that, that uh, of reckoning is, is in italics, which means it's indicated but not necessarily there. And his reckoning will come against everyone who's proud and lofty. Now, most of this stuff you'll see, it doesn't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with deep theological education and some folks' appetite to drive them to that. But there's, there's nothing in the Word that can't work for you. Uh, I tell people fairly frequently that there's a lot in the Word that I don't yet understand, but there's enough in it that I do understand to keep me busy the rest of my life. And so it, it becomes that process to recognize that it's never an exercise in futility for you to be spending time with the Lord. He is there, and there is a day coming, and against everyone who's proud and lofty, against everyone who's lifted up, that he may be abased. God has a plan to put down those that exalt themselves. And it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up, against the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, against the hills that are lifted up, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against the ships of Tarshish, and all of the beautiful craft. The pride of man will be humbled, and the loftiness of men will be abased, and the Lord alone 
will be exalted in that day. So if, if you look at that, you'll, you'll discover that uh, the Lord is against people, places, and things. Because all of the things that we just listed fits in one of those categories if they lift themselves up. Now, it's not to say that you know, God has, has given us the privilege of enjoying the things of earth, but not worshiping the people, places, and things of earth. There is a proper place for them, and we need to have the sort of time with the Lord so that we discover that proper place for them. Does it make sense? And that's why that uh, as, as you go to the Lord that day, the Lord alone will be exalted. That, that can be today. Notice that it says the idols will completely vanish. What will happen to those who have been worshiping them? Well, men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. Now, he, he delineates, I think, we can say, the, those that are his and those that are not. Before the terror of the Lord, those that's not, and those who recognize the splendor of his majesty. I uh, sometimes, in, a, in an exercise of futility, uh, try to think about the infinite. See, we're confined to our finiteness. And that means that we don't get the infinite because it's, it's just beyond us. And yet we're in relationship with a God who is infinite and who is good and who loves. Oh. Oh. And that's... It, you know, the, the, the part of it is, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I've, I've thought about this statement for a good bit of the day, hopefully to show you a contrast. Now, probably all of you are aware that there was a helicopter accident in Los Angeles a few days ago. Took the life of a major retired NBA player. How many other people died on that day? No, I'm talking the world, the planet. Nine. Nine, nine. Ronnie says nine. <laughs> there, there were nine. There were nine in the airplane. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, we know of at least nine on that day. There probably were a few more folks. Dare we say that each one of those who died were just as important to God? as Kobe was. And again, not to be crass or distract, but to be crass and distract. <laughs> to, to recognize what happened. Why did we hear about that one to the degree that we did and, all, and still are <laughs> and all the others on the planet? We heard nothing of. And yet in God's economy, I'm pretty sure that each one of the humans that died on that particular day, or I think we could say any particular day, are as important as the other. Right? Okay. So I, I think what I'm trying to point out is that, that we need a protective system in our society, particularly in American society, I think because we're so inundated with media kind of things, 
of protection. How, how, do we, how do we keep our priorities straight? How do we not get suckered in to those things really of little consequence? The Bible's pretty clear that, that we're all going to die. And then we're going to meet the judgment place, one fashion or another. Uh, See, so yeah, I, I know how much Kobe left, and, and so do you. And the answer is all of it. <laughs> you know, it, it's all still here. Oh, and so we have to decide how are we going to invest our lives and in what. And, and you know, in John chapter 4, Jesus talks about they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So the, the truth is this word of God that we have before us, and the spirit is that born-again spirit that comes into us when we receive the Lord Jesus. And, and that's the top priority of our lives, and we need to begin to act like it. What that means for you. Now, again, that's not to say God has, God has earthly purposes for all of us. But they're to be formed in their place and reflecting the glory of what he's allowed us to accomplish or be talented in or practiced ourselves into getting pretty good at for his glory. You're to, you're to give your all to those things that God says give your all to, but the glory goes to him because he's the one that designed and we'll, we'll get to that in just a second as, as we go on through. So the, the idols will, will completely vanish. Men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to make the earth tremble. So, so the day is a coming. And in that day, men will cast to the moles and the bats their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and into the clefts and the, of the cliffs. So the process is that man is pretty creative. Uh, we figure out ways to make ourselves happy, and we, and we pursue them, and, and we pat ourselves. I call it Little Jack Horner theology, for those of you who hung around uh, fairy tales long enough to remember uh, Little Jack Horner, who sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie, he put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, what a good boy am I. Uh, I don't know why I remember that stuff. It's just still here, <laughs> which goes to show you your, your formative years. But, 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 but that's the whole idea, you know, that, that we're looking for that place that, in a sense, we can exalt ourselves, make an idol of ourselves, or try to convince the world that, that we are significant and worthy of some measure of worship and praise. Oh, really? Well, yeah, when you put it that way, I think really. Unless, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit is guiding your steps. And, and I find that, you know, we were blessed because Jan and I, as I said, first week of 1969, which is a day or two ago, uh, the Lord led both of us to make a sold-out commitment to the Lord. We were apart from one another at the time and discovered it later that, that the Lord had worked that way in our lives, and we've, we've stayed on pretty much the same spiritual page ever since and, and learned the same sort of things. 1972, we joined the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ and worked with high school students for nine years uh, because that's the way God led us. See, I've, I've discovered that people do things, I think, 
for two major reasons. If you have the sort of relationship with God that you're under his direction, then you do what God directs you to do. The other reason that we do things is relational attachment. You'll go where you like people or people like you. And so when either one of those things are not as deep as they should be, then you live a fluctuating life, is my opinion. See, our stability comes from the Lord and relationships because that's the way we were designed. Primarily, we are designed to have a relationship with God through his word and through his spirit, which is what I want to talk about. Uh, as we went on Campus Crusade for Christ staff, uh, we made a discovery that comes out pretty much in every message I try to give because it's so important. How do you know that you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, most people will relate to some sort of emotional experience like that. But what if the emotional experience doesn't come? You don't get what is the truth validation of being filled with the Spirit. And I discovered a simple process that works for me that I share with everybody. And if you need one, I probably have a handout I can give to you. Uh, but the first thing is, uh, do I really hunger and thirst for righteousness. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's a really good question. You know, when you're alone and you're spending that time with the Lord, do you really hunger and thirst for, do you really want what's right above what feels good or whatever criterion you might use? The second thing is, uh, as John has preached on recently, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, sin is taken care of at the cross, but our not confessing sin means that we lose our fellowship with the Lord. See, the Lord doesn't endorse sinning. You probably knew that. But I sometimes can, can create a barrier in my relationship with him by going ahead and doing what he's already said I shouldn't do, which is sin. So I have to confess, one, that it's sin, and two, that if his power doesn't show up and do something about it, it probably won't change. See, if, if I could have cleansed myself, Jesus might not have been necessary. Oh. And that's why that this relationship with God is so very, very important because you're lost without it. <laughs> and so we can, we, by, by tolerating our sin, we can lessen the power of the presence of God or maybe even eliminate the power of the presence of God. So I've got a hunger and thirst for righteousness. I got a, as far as I know, I don't necessarily endorse a strong deep introspection trip because the Lord is the cleanup man. And so what he convicts you of in those moments of, Lord, is there anything that's restricting my relationship with you? Uh, let him convict and then let your confession be and then begin to expect that God's going to give you both a power and a way to overcome that. See, God doesn't want us in sin any more than we should want to be there. So he does have a way of escape. And I have to, if, I, if I'm not getting good information on how to do that, 
then that may mean that I just need to spend a little more time with the Lord, or it could mean that I may need a fellow brother, sister to help me, sisters for sisters and brothers for brothers, uh, to help me escape from this snare that I find myself entrapped in. And a lot of times, you know, my, my independence and my pride says just me and Jesus can do it. Well, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Because there's, there's strength in, in fellowship. And, you know, when you, when you confess your faults to another, they don't condemn you. They don't turn against you. They come alongside you. But the adversary tries to convince us that, well, if, if I share this thing that I'm not able to get rid of, then I'm going to be getting rid of them. But the exact opposite happens. People join you in faith and in prayer and, and begin to hold you up, and you begin a, a walk of, of victory. So, and then final thing that is, you know, you, you have to sell out to the Lord. Romans 12, 2 says, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the good, acceptable, and blessed will of God is. Perfect will of God. And so it becomes that process. That's kind of the, that's kind of the setup for what's what we call the command promise. So, uh, do I hunger and thirst for righteousness? Have I dealt with any sin in my life? Is there any area of my life that I'm holding out on the Lord? And if, if I can give the right answer to all three of those, uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, for that's a dissipation or that's a waste or that's not going to go anywhere, but be filled with the Spirit. And if you notice the, the comparison there of being filled with wine and being filled with the Spirit uh, what happens when you're filled with, with wine, when you're inebriated or under the influence? Well, it, it affects every area of your life, how you talk, how you think, how you everything. Well, that's a waste. But in the same way, to be influenced by the Spirit of God in every, 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 every possible influence, that's what he wants because he knows that's what is best for us even when we don't think so. Now, just to make sure of this, uh, back to First John, which we've been being taught on Sundays and Saturdays and Sundays. First uh, John 5, 14 and 15 says, and this is the record. We know that if we ask anything, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we know that we have the request that we have asked from him. So it becomes that process of recognizing, okay, if, if, uh, if I hunger and thirst for righteousness, I've confessed my sins, I'm not holding out any area of my life for God. I've asked to be filled with the Spirit, then it has to be that I'm filled with the Spirit because I've asked in accordance to the will of God, and I got that. Now, that may or may not bring some emotional change. I think according to Philippians 4, 6 through 8, it, it should bring a peace because it says, you know, don't be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known of God and the peace of God, which passes understanding will be a guard around or a garrison around around your heart so that I'm not doing anything, but I have this deep sense of peace because I have now got to that place in the Lord where the Lord alone is exalted in this day. Any questions? Okay. I think it's that good too. Uh, you know, bless the Lord. Uh, you know, because... We, we've got to be equipped to deal with the world that we're dealing with. The inundation that's available to us 
through media in this day and age really is pretty frightening when you consider how quickly you can access any place in the world. You can Google everything. Have you noticed that? I mean, that's amazing to me. You know, you, I, I don't know when they fly over and take those pictures, but if you put your address on Google Maps, you're going to see your house. Somebody's watching. You know, wow. I mean, I, that, that's just, you know, when, because of, you know, how old I am and when I was raised, and uh, you know, I, didn't, I didn't have a telephone until, what, 1961, I guess, or thereabouts, uh, because we lived down the road and it was too expensive to pay for the pole to put the wire, which is another thing. It has become obsolete. Your phone is not connected to a wire. Did you know that? But phones are supposed to be connected to wires that are on those poles that run up and down. <laughs> you know, yes. One of these days you're going to say telephone pole and people are not going to know what you're talking about. Or maybe already. You know, and so, so I'm, I'm rapidly getting obsolete. You know, I've, I've borrowed this phrase probably from somebody else, but I tell folks that I'm, a, I'm an analog person trapped in a digital age. But I'm, I'm still living pretty analog. Okay, where were we in the scriptures? So uh, we're talking about the splendor of his majesty when, uh, it says verse 19 of chapter 2 of Isaiah, uh, when, he, when he arises to make the earth tremble. In that day, men will cast away to the moles and the bats, that's just to, to worthless, worthless, insignificant things, their idols of silver and their idols of gold. Now, now think about that. You know, when you, when you think about silver and gold and the value that we accrue to it in that day we'll be feeding that to the moles and the bats which you know we took that and, and made for themselves uh, worship in order to go into the caverns the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs before the chair of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he arises to make the earth tremble stop regarding man this is, this is an interesting verse verse 22 stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? You know, I get the part about where it says, stop regarding man, for why should he be esteemed? For that, that part of breath of life is in his nostrils. So I thought about that and, and, and asked the Lord, what's that all about? Well, if you're, if you're breathing, if you require breath for life, that's the witness that you're God's. You know, if, if you're breathing, you belong to God. If you're counting on oxygen for your life, don't get haughty. Don't get proud. Because your maker... Can cut that off any time he decides. He's beyond all that. And so you develop that process of, of by faith, believing that God is everything you need, because he is. He's the supplier. Who made the oxygen? Where'd that come from? Oops, God did that. Gravity. You know, you you keep adding it up and he's done it all. 
And so thoughts like that are what drive my devotion. To, to, to just step away from the life that's going to happen as soon as I walk out from my devotions, wherever I might be having those, and, and just begin to recognize how magnificent or majestic, as our, our passage says, that, that God is. And, and try to build him up. Lord, help me by, by the power of your indwelling Holy Spirit. Help me begin to think rightly about you. Because I know that's the best, most exciting, even most pleasurable thing. See, Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. That sounds like fun to me. And at his right hand are pleasures evermore. That's true, men and women. That he's the best thing, and, and we'll probably easy to, easily agree that he's the best thing that'll ever happen, but, but do, you, do you believe he's the most fun thing? Hmm. Well, let me think about that. And he is. But you do have to begin to think about it in that fashion. You, ha you have to ask for that new driving appetite that will that'll put him central and put him pleasurable and put him as fullness of joy. And that's outside of your circumstances. See, the unfortunate thing, and it's because we're confined, you know, we can't escape our circumstances. You know, there, there are days that I would like to walk away from my body because it's not serving me like it once did, uh, and I don't have much hope for ever returning to that possibility. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I, I don't get that option. And, and I, can, I can talk to the Lord honestly about that, and he says, well, that's, that's the way of man, and trust me, there'll come that day that you'll be glad I did it just this way. He doesn't make mistakes, but I find I often accuse him of it. I repent, but I'm thinking, Lord, I, I think I've got a better idea. You know, Job did this. If you're familiar with the book of Job, he, he, was, he was pretty sure that he had some good advice for the Lord, but as soon as he started having his interaction with the Lord, he knew right away that he was, God was way above his pay grade. And, and so it becomes that process to, to take the scriptures and just begin to recognize the greatness that has been revealed to us through this good word. And again, uh, go to it, just read it as it is. And, but there are, in our day and age, you can Google anything. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I still got, you know, the, the paper commentaries on my shelf and uh, that I look, you know, I, I grab down. And, but, but I realized, you know, the Internet's got all that stuff. And, you know, obviously you've got to be careful because the Internet's got a lot of other stuff. But, but just, you know, it, it's there. And so if you want to know about God, there's plenty of folks that have put plenty of stuff you know, you're part of the part of I'm not, it's good news, bad news, I guess. Uh, it, the, the temptation is that you can listen to somebody that might give you a, a, a little better message than the one that you get where you regularly go. But you cancel that human fellowship thing that's so desperately important in the process of how you grow in Christ. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, from Hebrews chapter 10, 24, 25. So we, we need each other. 
whether we're willing to admit it or not, and we need and we need to be here, praise the Lord. And, and so we we look at you know, and it, and I, I find it really amazing that this stuff seems to be so poignant for the day in which we find ourselves. Let's let's go on a, a bit of a ways in in chapter three here. Because uh, I gave you that uh, takeaway, Brad had those printed up. Uh, this, by the way, is uh, you know mo- most most of the uh, if there's any glory going for the presentations of these things, a lot of it a lot of it belongs to Pastor Brad because he was going to be doing this, <laughs> but he loaned me stuff, and that's what I used to do. back my first career <coughs> was was a disc jockey. Have you ever, ever thought about what at least what they used to do? I don't know what they do now because I haven't been one in a long time. Uh, but you ever think about what they do? They take other people's talents and and talk about them. I might quit. Well, oh, it's very interesting, Mike. It depends on which way your face is facing. But uh, anyway, so uh, that that's what we do. So that's kind of the Lord has never. I've never escaped my because if I didn't tell you, my first career was a was a radio personality. Uh, I, I guess uh, disc jockey was what I liked, and. Uh, and so we would, you know, play folks' records and say things about them, but we didn't do the records, you know, and, and we used them as an avenue to hopefully encourage or maybe uh, entertain or inform others. And I'm still doing that. That's got a different thing than records going, but uh, so. So uh, chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, for behold, take a look at this, he says, the Lord God of hosts is going to remove from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water. The mighty man and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the honorable man, the counselor and the expert artisan and the skillful enchanter. I will make their fa- make mere fads or lads of their princes and capricious children will rule over them, and the people will be oppressed, each one by another and each by his neighbor. The youth will storm against the elder and the inferior against the honorable. Now, let's stop a moment, and, and I'm going I'm to read that stuff again, but this time I want you to think about what's going on today in our society. And it seems a quite fit description of what we've got going in our society today. The Lord of hosts is going to remove, I don't know about this part, remove from Jerusalem and Judah. Let's say the Lord is going to remove from his people both supply and support. The whole supply of bread, the whole supply of of water, the mighty man and the warrior, the judge and the prophet. So what's he doing here? Well, he's taking away any resource other than himself. And that's a good thing. If if we're trusting anything other than him for these things, then we've made these things more important than him. And he's pointing out that don't work. So uh, he's he's taken all this stuff away. The captain of 50 and the honorable man, the counselor, the the expert artisan and the skillful enchanter, and I'll make mere lads of their princes and capricious children will rule over them. The people will be oppressed, each one by another, each one by his neighbor. Uh, are you ever suspicious of your neighbor or neighborhood as to what might be going on over there? 
Oh, the youth will storm against the elder and the inferior against the honorable. Wow, really. When a man lays hold of his brother in his father's house saying, you have a cloak and you shall be our ruler. See that the, the, in other words, we get, we get so desperate that we'll follow anybody. How smart is that? And these ruins will be under your charge. He will protest on that day saying, I will not be your healer. For in my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You should not appoint me the ruler of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen. God, God's people are not looking the right direction because their speech and their actions are against the Lord to rebel against his glorious presence. The expression of their faces bears witness against them. Have you, have you looked at your face lately? Don't answer that. <laughs> and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Oh, woe to them. I've, I've had several discussions, you know, about the condition of what we're aware of about our nation. And, and we've, lost, we've lost our moral foundation. And, 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 and so we're, we're getting what happens when you have no moral foundation. And, you know, you can go back to, you know, prayer being taken out of schools. It wasn't that particular event, but that was sort of the beginning of our dishonor toward God. One of the best explicatory verses of what's going on in our world is Romans 1.21. When they knew God, they honored him not as God, and neither were they thankful. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts grew dark. And if you read the rest of Romans 1 and chapter 2, you'll discover that road led to a very serious destruction. And, and you know, it, it's not, that's just the way God designed the past. So if you go back to Romans 1.21, when they knew God, they honored him not as God, and neither were they thankful. What does that say to you? that in order to honor God, there's a certain level of thankfulness that must take place. So Bill's reversed version of Romans 121, it's not scripture, but it's validable by scripture, is when they knew God, they honored him as God and they were thankful. They became wise in their considerations and were led into the light. That's, that's not scripture, that's just the reverse of what it says. And so the first place I go when bewilderment or dismay, fear, anger, those things contrary to the fruit of the Spirit begin to activate in my life is how thankful have I been? How have I been honoring God in this current mess in which I find myself? And I recognize, Lord, I've forgotten. I've forgotten to honor you and give you thanks that you know exactly what you're doing. And even though I made a, made a choice that activated this situation, you still promised to work it out for good, so thank you. I can hardly wait to see what's going to happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I don't wait for emotional confirmation of that. I just do it. And it works every time. To honor God as God and give him thanks is, is the beginning point of our fellowship with him. And when you look at your circumstances, if you're wondering why it feels so awful, start giving thanks for them. 
And that, that will seem to you very unintelligent. But God doesn't give a whole lot of honor to man's intelligence. It's about his instructions. And so, so you begin to, to give thanks to that. And, and, and <laughs> this continues on. I want, I want to get to this verse as, as, uh, yeah, because it's, uh, it, we're going to have a, a gender ending here, most likely. Uh, verse 9 it says, uh, let's go eight. For, for Jerusalem is stumbled and, and Judah has fallen because their speech and their actions are against the Lord to rebel against his glorious presence. The expression of their faces witness against them. They display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Say to the righteous man that it will go well with him, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. Woe to the wicked. It will go badly with him. For what he deserves will be done to him. Oh, my people, there are oppressors or children and women rule over them. I'm, I'm not sure uh, that's, a, that's a hard gender statement against women. It's, it's just the, the reality of the change of the process. And, and, yeah, and this, this whole description of, of what we've done tonight in, in Isaiah 2 and 3 uh, is a description of where we are, don't you think? I mean, it, it's way too accurate uh, to not be poignant for where we are. And so the issue becomes, do I have the sort of personal relationship and do I have the sort of uh, general fellowship that I can rise above that so that these things do not apply to me in regard to just dishonoring God. And, and you need to have enough confident evidence, I'll say it, in, in your devotion, in your, in your devotion structure that, that you can answer yes I'm, I'm confident that i'm walking in the will of god now the obvious measure is galatians 5 22 and 23 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control that's if you're born again that's a description of your character whether you act like it or not or whether you know it or not that resource is available to you so that when your emotions fire in contrary ways to the fruit of the Spirit, you'll probably, you have to, I think, acknowledge them. I feel angry or I feel rejected. I feel deserted. The feeling is there. But the truth is, I have the presence of the Spirit of God in my life so I can take action that is compatible with the fruit of the Spirit. And when you do, the Spirit gives you an attaboy, confirms that, and you can sense the presence of the Lord because you chose to honor the Lord in that situation. I've checked it out. It works. And, uh, and, it, and it's, it's, uh, it, seems, it seems like a formula a lot of times, but if a formula, you know, we got a lot of things that run by formula. H2O is going to get you water pretty much every time, they say. Uh, so, so it becomes a process that, that as God designs systems for you individually, and you discover that you work, then work them. 
They may not be transferable. You can't demand everybody be like you. But you can make a, a lot of headway in relationships if you're continuing to spring love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. People will like to be around you. You will have wise things to say. You'll have comfort in situations in which you find yourself as the comforter. And, and life becomes good. Wow, amazing. Glory to God. Any questions? Okay. It's your last chance. <laughs> John. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you, John. Yeah, and, and I think that's, again, uh, I, I thought it, I, I found it a little amusing, that uh, last part there of, uh, and, and women will rule over them. Uh, again, I, I don't, uh, I, yes, as John just said, you know, it's, it's a process of, I don't, I don't fully get, you know, why or how much the, the male or the female is supposed to be in charge or not. Uh, it, you know, if, if someone has the skill to accomplish something, I'm not sure the gender should matter, but sometimes it does, okay? Uh, so I don't, I don't have a thing against women. I married a, a very wonderful one, and, and my, I love my sister, and I love my mom, and I love my daughters, I'm, you know, and, and I've been influenced primarily, uh, not so much as my dad, but more by my mother, so I don't, don't have a thing at all. Uh, against women, and I don't think we should have. But at the same course, women shouldn't have anything against men, but they do need to be separate because it's just safer that way. So anyway, and I, and I think you know what John said is very poignant, the fact that, that what is happening in our earth is that we're getting further and further away from God's order and suffering the consequences of that in a general sense. But specifically, individually, that doesn't have to be true. See, there, there's nothing but you that can restrict the power of God in your personal relationship, in your personal relationship with him. You have to believe that. So that that's what gives you the ability to, in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, First Thessalonians 5.18. And, and it's very difficult to give thanks with a frown. Lord, thank you for tonight. Uh, thank you that I hope that your guidance and journey with me has been helpful to uh, help others to gain some traction and purpose and even fun in their relationship with you. Lord, your, your word is just full of good stuff that's joyful, that's blessing, and, and just like you said, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand is, is pleasures evermore. There's nothing more fun than that, and that you are an exciting adventure to see the many things that are taking place on the earth that I can't come up with a clue of how you're going to work that out, but your Holy Spirit echoes, just trust me, I got this. And we're thankful for that. So, Lord, uh, continue to bless us. I do. I lift up those that are that are in physical need. We have a, a, a situation of a of a lot of uh, 
first of the year sickness stuff that I'm aware of and pray that your hand of comfort and blessing will come to those and and they will uh, in the in a time of being laid by even thinking of Brad and, and how he worked out a lot of this uh, message that I presented tonight uh, that you would give them evidence and the joy of your presence and pleasure with them and bring about healing you know you can do that and will in light of uh, your purpose for every individual and we give you praise in Jesus name